Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled mompreneur who hits news until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned how to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can learn how to stop picking at your kids' leftover food, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of the to-do list so you go to bed feeling fantastic about your day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman. This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. This is part three in a four-part series that I have been doing for Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October. And today I have with me Sabrina Hernandez, a registered and licensed dietitian, a diabetes educator and nutrition counselor. And I am so excited to have crossed paths with her um, Cindy, who you met, Cindy Papali-Hammontree, who you met in the first part, introduced me to Sabrina. They have worked very closely together on some incredible work to promote support and um, support for women going through breast cancer treatment and also prevention. And I really wanted to find someone who knew a lot about nutrition and how you can use nutritional strategies to prevent um, and minimize to prevent cancers and minimize the impacts of cancers. And so I'm so glad I found Sabrina through Cindy. And um, Sabrina has a really wild story. We could do a whole nother podcast just on the, the journey she's had through multiple careers. But I want to tell you a little bit about that. And then we're going to dive in to her recommendations on nutrition and what you want to know if you are at all concerned about breast cancer and prevention you're going to want to listen to what she has to say. But let me tell you a little bit about her fascinating background. Um, Sabrina, as a teen, had a discovered her passion for nutrition and fashion after she lost a lot of weight on her own, learning to eat on smaller plates and just dancing, dancing to the tunes of Greece in her own house. And she found that as she lost weight, she was able to wear girl clothes that had previously been unavailable to her. And it really sparked her love for fashion and design. She went on to become a fashion designer and merchandiser and worked for many years in that area. But her desire to learn more about how to stay healthy, keep the weight off and help others led her to go back to college and pursue a career in nutrition and dietetics. She was really ahead of her time eating some of the foods that she's going to talk about in just a few minutes, eating that, um, you know, at a time when it wasn't very very trendy. It wasn't as well known as it is now using supplements and um, really focusing on nutrition to improve your health. She was definitely a pioneer in this area. She currently works in private practice and she has a brand Que Flaca Forte y Feliz and she's going to tell us about that as well as a brand Hummingwell, which is a nutrition bar that she developed many years ago. Again, back when there were really weren't bars on the market. And she is the co-author of The Empty Cup Runneth Over with Cindy Papali Hammontree and also the Miami Breast Cancer Experts and Experts in Pink, A Guide for Prevention of Breast Cancer. It is an incredible book if you, you heard Cindy talk about it. And um, Sabrina was a really key contributor to that as a co-author for Cindy. 
So today, Sabrina's latest latest uh, career chapter is as the lead dietitian for Dr. Juan's Santo Remedio. I'm not going to pronounce it as well as she can. Um, a team working towards improving the way we live with lifestyle and nutrition programs and smart supplements. So she'll be telling us a little bit more about that. And I'm so glad to have found Sabrina. So welcome, Sabrina, and let's get into it. How did you get connected with the world of breast cancer? And, um, you know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how we can use nutrition to help prevent breast cancer. Yeah, my mom uh, got diagnosed in 2006 and my world fell apart. Um, I had met Cindy a week before in a restaurant because I was talking about um, putting on the little uh, bow for breast cancer uh, for our bar and uh, somehow tying it to St. Jude's children with cancer. Um, I was doing this with Alan Brentinson, which is, which is, um, was, he passed away with an angiosarcoma, my dear business partner. Um, you know, with him, I think, I think we definitely would have had a great businesses of all kinds because he was the business uh, brain. Um, but he, he passed away, um, unfortunately. And, um, we were very big about, uh, St. Jude's. So she hears the word St. Jude's breast cancer, cancer, and she chases me, um, to through the um parking well it was it was dan marino's for those that know in south miami the restaurant that used to be there and as i'm waiting for the valet i see this woman running after me and she's like hey hey hey, wait a second uh you know i heard you i overheard your conversation i was like well that's not that's not that's not great but hey if, if it was this was the way that god sent me this angel i was like whatever okay so what is it and she's like yeah I, I want to write a book on breast cancer because I'm a survivor. And um, I heard you talking about nutrition and, and your passion with, with cancer was really strong. I heard St. Jude's and I said, yeah. And little did I know my mom was going to be diagnosed a week later. Wow. And so Cindy and that book got me through um, because we were able to go to specialist. Um, you know, we have a, we have, a, we have a chapter for tattoo you know, breast, when you've had to reconstruct your breast, we have a chapter, you know, with dental, uh, Rita will actually be there. Dr. Rita will be there. Um, Darham will be there on Saturday talking about the care when you're going through, through, um, an actual, uh, diagnosis of any cancer, how to save your teeth from not falling with radiation and chemotherapy. Um, we also have a chapter on skin and how to take care of your skin. Um, how, the nutrition chapter is super important. And uh, for me, the nutrition chapter was all about prevention. You know, let's see how we can prevent, um, you know, how we can prevent before we even get it. And then once we get it, that's a whole different story because you just want to manage and make sure. So the number one thing out there today that is um, research hands down that will prevent a woman, especially post, this is very important because postmenopausal um, breast cancer is usually hormonal. And to put it in simple scientific terms, what this means is that if you carry weight on your body, uh, fat has estrogen. The more fat you have, the more estrogen you have. So you, your chances increase so much post-menopausal. So whenever that is after the age of 45, some, somehow. So that's when we're seeing breast cancer just take over. And so the idea is to lose just 10% of your weight. Uh, that would be pretty much in a woman about like, let's say 150 pounds if she lost 15 pounds. 
And that will make a significant difference. The percentage is very high. I want to say about 30. So it, it, it just makes such an incredible difference uh, to, to lose the weight, lose the fat. Mm-hmm. Um, premenopausal cancers are different, but that doesn't mean that weight is always a problem. Weight, you know, we've, one of the things that's happening today that really hurts my soul is that we have this new, um, I want to say trend where we're making fat. Okay. And the fat shaming Mm -hmm. and all this. Yeah. And, you know, I have a pretty, I have a pretty strong history with fat and being shamed of my fat. So I get it. I get it. But I also have worked for 30 years with patients who have ended up having comorbidities. There's 180 diseases that are linked to having excess fat, obesity, call it whatever makes you feel safe or whatever. Um, But don't deny it. I mean, you know, I get it. I follow people who have millions of followers that are obese, um, only maybe with even the hopes of of helping um, in some way, sort uh, of way. I, I just feel saddened by what's happening today. Um, I feel, you know, saddened because it's almost like people are talking about it as if, you know, it's easier to join them, you know, to join being fat, to stay being fat. And when I say fat, I'm not talking about the curves I have, you know, and being, you know, healthy. I'm talking about fat that's around your abdominal area, a circumference that is over 35 for a woman. That's dangerous. That's just plain out dangerous. And sooner or later, maybe not when you're very young, but later you're going to regret it. Your ankles are going to swell up, your inflammation and oxidation, your cells won't be able to take it. And most cancers are driven by obesity. It's it's just something unbelievable. So when I see people saying I'm fat and I'm proud and I'm happy, and this is me and you have to love me the way I am, I'm like, yeah, I love you. But do you love yourself? Because what you're asking for is a death sentence. And as a healthcare professional, I'm not afraid to say that fat will hurt you and that fat will will definitely, definitely cause you to have problems down the road. So it's a fine line, you know, because I know there's a strong, strong um, campaign out there for let's be fat, let's be happy and let's make it all okay. But all it takes is like when I ended up going to school and realizing that this is a science and it doesn't play around. And when you get hit with the stroke and you know what, you know, what's even worse when these people that are accepting to be fat have children, because now you have a responsibility to be around, to take care of those kids. And it's going to be pretty sad. Like I've seen, you know, oh, my mom has a stroke and I actually grew up pretty much on my own because my mom was really sick. She was overweight and obese. And um, her stroke, you know, inhibited her from really taking me to school or, you know, doing the things. And I mean, that's just one example. But we have a responsibility to our bodies. It's our temple. And, um, you know, if you can't lose weight by yourself, get help. Um, That's why there are registered and licensed dietitian, nutrition coaches, health coaches, trainers, your doctor, your physician. I mean, People who are passionate will help you and get you there. It doesn't matter, you know, what your degree is. It, what matters is that you have a passion to help others with the weight. Um, of That's course, nice. there are 
there are licenses and things that we need to be careful because if you have diabetes, if you have, you know, certain ailments or, or, or there, you know, nutrition is very much related to your medical condition. So we need to make sure we don't hurt people. And that's why the licensing exists for registered and licensed dietitians that can help help people. And, and I'm a big proponent of gastric sleeve surgery because I've seen it as a huge solution for people who tried over and over and over again to lose the weight and just couldn't, uh, just couldn't. So gastric sleeve surgery is not a cop out. It's not an easy way out by any means. It's, it's a journey and it's hard and you still have to work on exercise and you still have to work on eating healthy. So, but you know, any, there's a chapter in our book that is actually on obesity and on gastric sleep surgery and the importance that it doesn't matter if you've struggled with weight loss all your life and you think that's it, I'm giving up because I've done a hundred different diets. There, there's actually 17,500 registered diets and counting in the world history of nutrition. Um, but sometimes it's not even about that. It's, it's really about the behavior and the behavior needs to be worked on. And, and nutritionist dietitians are actually trained um, to be behavioral therapist, behavioral. Uh, that's why it's called medical nutrition therapy. So we do have counseling skills. We do have motivational interviewing skills that helps people move on and change and whatever it takes. But, you know, look at your BMI first as, as just one marker and get the weight down. And, and BMI is not everything. It's really the fat that you carry on your body. Cause if you're very, very tall, it changes, it shifts. If, for example, if you're a football player and you happen to ha- be short um, and you're all solid and your weight is coming all from muscle, your BMI is going to be like athletic obesity. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't count. Um, so your height will be somewhat of a determined nation. But the biggest, I think the biggest one is the waist circumference. I think the waist circumference will indicate if you have enough fat around your organs, like your poor liver, your poor kidneys, um, they're drowning in it. And if they're drowning in it, you're going to pay the price and it's not going to be pretty 180 different diseases um, that are out, including depression, by the way, depression is one of the ones that I deal with the most when I have um, patients coming to me that have dealt with this weight um, that has been hurting them for so long. I actually, you know, not too long ago during COVID, I saw a gentleman in his fifties that started crying morbid obese and said to me, you know, I've never ever been with a woman you know, you think you've heard it all when you've been a dietitian for for 30 years. I had not heard that. No one had ever confessed and opened up to me. So here's a man who has not had the opportunity to have a relationship because he said to me, I've always, always been fat. This has been my weight all my life. I've always been overweight. I've always been obese. It's, It's just my nature. It's who I am until I, you know, of course I told him not anymore. You're having gastric sleeve surgery. You've made the right choice. I'm going to, I'm going to help you every single step of the way. And that's what, that's what we do. It's definitely a very, I, especially hearing you state it this way, it's an, it's an eye-opening and very sobering message, but I get where you're coming from. Um, so it, it is so important to be so aware of that. I'm wondering if we can get into some of the nitty gritty, um, sure. sort of other things to think about in terms of breast cancer or cancer prevention in general through nutrition. I mean, you are what you eat. Nutrition is medicine. It's all proving to be true. There's so much research to back yes. that up. So can you get into any? Yes, specific? absolutely. Heavy, heavy on the plants, the plant-based diets, uh, not necessarily vegetarian as go heavy on the plants. 
turn yourself into a vegan connoisseur or vegetable connoisseur. Um, if you don't like vegetables, that's okay. You can actually grind them, chop them up into tiny little pieces and make a burger out of them, you know, and eat it, you know, with a nice, um, you know, bread full of seeds. You know, people are afraid of carbohydrates these days. It's become the villain right now. And um, until the next villain comes around, when you, when you recycle for so many years, the same message, you realize that there's villains that come up. And I think, I think actually protein will be our next villain because people are eating so much of it that they're going to hurt their kidneys. Um, and then eventually what will happen is that people will, will seek for more plants. So definitely eating more plants, more nuts and seeds, but in the right quantity. So you, so you don't end up going over your calories and gaining the weight definitely decreasing the saturated fat, bacon, butter, sour cream, cream cheese, lard, a big one that is true in the science books, um, as, as are all of these points, but a big one that people still don't know is all of the amount of uh, chemicals that, um, happen when you heat meat very high. So when you, when you're cooking or even grilling meat, you know, those, those black lines that are actually on your, your burger, those lines are, are actually cancer causing. So try not to have that uh, blackened um, piece of chicken or fish or meat, not, not blackened with seasonings. That's okay. It's the actual um, cycloamines that come up from the chemical that comes up. So, um, high heat is not good. That's why there, there's, there's a big proponent of keeping your, your foods, um, at low temperatures. Um, you can destroy and break the delicious, wonderful beauty of, of the good fats of the omegas of the mono and poly mono and poly, um, fatty acids should be part of our lives, uh, super strong with prevention of cancer because it's an anti-inflammatory. What so, does that mean? What's an example of that? So for example, if you think, think of, think of a chain and think of, think of a chain with carbons. So if you're thinking C, 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 now you're going to add one hydrogen to monounsaturated fatty acids, right? So You've got one hydrogen on the carbon chains. Your body can process that. That's olive oil. That is your um, fish. That it well, fish is actually more of a poly, which means two. So mono and poly is a combination of flaxseed, of um, the omegas, the olive oils, the canola oils, everything that's going to have one or two of the hydrogens on your chain. Saturated means that your chain is going to be completely saturated with hydrogens. And therefore, your body won't be able to break it down as much. So bacon, butter, sour cream, cream cheese, lard, fried foods, all those foods are going to be super heavy on your arteries. They're going to be heavy on your body takes a small percentage, 7 to 10%, and then everything else goes to store it. So whenever I go eat anything, um, let's say that I'm questioning like, oh, this could probably be a huge amount of saturated fat. I cut it in half so that I can have half of the saturated fat that would be the impact. I love food. I'm a foodie. My sister owns two restaurants. Um, her fiance is French. So they have uh, La Fresa Francesa in Hialeah, where we were born and raised. And, um, and then we have, uh, she has a Silver Lake um, over at the beach. And they pride themselves in heavy on the plants, uh, uh, you know, and very food farm to table kind of food. 
Um, so we talked about decreasing um, saturated fat, increasing the omega-3 fatty acids because of the anti-inflammatory, but also the green tea. There's a chemical, the catechins in green tea that have been shown to have a powerful uh, cancer fighting properties. So one to four cups a day, you just have to be careful because the caffeine could probably keep you going. It's also thermogenic, which means that you could speedy. It'll, it'll speed up your metabolism a little bit, um, help you call, you know, lose weight. There's studies that, um, evidence is showing that the actual chemical in green tea could be thermogenic, could, could help you speed your metabolism. So those are interesting things that are happening today in the world of nutrition that we didn't know before. The other one is the blueberry the wild blueberry, the wild blueberry, if you put it under the microscope as it is right now in some of the major um, universities, what they're finding is that unlike cultured uh, berries, um, there's actually uh, like 27 antioxidants in the wild blueberry. You can only find them uh, frozen in Florida uh, because they don't travel well. So I buy them uh, by the big bags. Um, years ago, it was, us dietitians had to go out there and ask the the you know, the only place you could find it was really wild oats or whole foods. Um, and we asked, you know, the major chains, hey, listen, bring it because we, we won't get it otherwise. And now you can find it everywhere. You can find wild blueberries everywhere. Are broccoli. they just as good frozen? Because I, I see that. Yes, actually. Yes, that's a great point that you bring up. Um, frozen fruits and vegetables are actually the first pick of the farm. So when, um, when the manufacturers um, are, are packing these fruits and vegetables, they are the ones that are picking the best, the best crops of the crops because they're paying top dollar to stand in first line in the farm. So you're going to have all these companies who uh, pack frozen fruits picking your best, best, best. So if you notice, they almost look perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's because they do pay top dollar to pick the very best of the best. That's why your strawberries are going to be perfect. Your peaches are going to be perfect. They're going to be at the perfect moment of ripening. Um, so there's a big myth that frozen uh, fruits and vegetables are not good. I, I am a huge consumer of fruits and vegetables. I love every single brand um, that puts that out there for us. Um, it's an easy way to just open up your freezer. No excuse. Um, and, and just, you know, have fruit available all the time and vegetables all the time. So yes, it retains because what the processing that they're using um, is actually very simple. They're just picking, they're cleaning immediately, and they're freezing immediately. No chemicals are added. No preservatives are added. The actual preservation um, process is coming from the freezing. So there is, there are no, if you look at the ingredients, you're just going to get wild blueberries. That's it. There's nothing there. So I'm, I'm a huge uh, proponent of that. Um, and then, of course, one of the one of oh, broccoli, I cannot say enough good things about broccoli. So there's 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 about two chemicals. One is sulfa something something. And the other one is even a more longer name in the in the. But who cares about the the chemical name? Right. What we really care about is the fact that it, it is an anti um, cancerous um uh, chemical and it is a functional food. And what, what the word functional means is that it's going to do something to your body. So like caffeine is a functional food. Green tea is a functional food. Fish is going to raise your, your HDLs, your good cholesterol. That's a good thing. So it's a functional food. So what we're finding is that, um, broccoli will help you, um, because of the strong, um, cancer fighting chemicals, um, 
possibly help you prevent cancer. So you don't like broccoli, uh, make it into a sauce, you know, um, put garlic, make a pesto. You just kind of sort of Houdini. I actually have recipes in the book and in the, there's a Houdini, um, a pasta that I make with sauce. That's actually my husband's recipe. Um, and he, I, I would say, what is in this? This is so amazing. And uh, one day he finally said, it's broccoli, carrots, um, garlic, and a uh, little pesto and olive oil. And I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever had. And you could never know you were eating broccoli. So make a soup out of it. Eat it however you can. Make croquetas. If you're if you're Cuban or Latin and you eat croquetas, make, make broccoli croquetas, you know. Whatever it takes, but eat your broccoli. Uh, alcohol, not a good thing. Alcohol increases your risk of uh, actually having breast cancer by 30% confirmed. <laughs> yes, it's huge. And here, especially, I think in the United States, I think we've made alcohol into our therapist. I think we've made it into our, um, you know, just our soothing, um, calming, relaxing experience. I say, you know, get into a bubble bath, um, you know, go for a walk, call a friend, uh, meditate, sit in silence, you know, think about a happy place and sit there for a while. I don't know, substitute it for something. They have all kinds of fizzy waters, but don't drink too much. Don't drink too much because not only will it, um, not only will it, be processed in your liver as a fat. People think alcohol is a carbohydrate. It's not. Alcohol is a fat, believe it or not. The actual uh, chemical composition that ends in OL is metabolized in the liver as a fat. And too much of it will harm you. It will cause a fatty liver and then cirrhotic liver, and then you die. I've had plenty, plenty of patients over the years um, with that hard diagnosis. Uh, of course, weight is a big influence, weight from wherever it comes from. It doesn't matter where you get your calories from. And this is very important. You, you know, I had back in the day the experience to know a vegetarian that was morbid obese and he died already. But he would just say to me, but everything I eat is vegetables, but everything that I eat is, you know, so it doesn't matter where your calories come from. And, and going back to alcohol, alcohol is calories. And, and worse than that, it's alcohol that your body, it's a chemical that your body has to struggle with in order to say, okay, wait a second, what is this? Because it's not a carbohydrate, it's not a protein, and it's not a fat as I know it. So what do I do with it? So it gets metabolized in the liver as a fat. So be careful with alcohol. The science is there. The research is there. The right amount um, is one drink for a woman and two for a male. One drink is either an ounce of hard liquor. So if you're having vodka, if you're having anything that's, um, you know, going to be considered a, a hard liquor, it's an ounce. If you're having a beer, it's about a 12 ounce can beer. If you're having wine, it's about four to five ounces. That's what's considered one drink. I know that's really hard. And it's a reality for a lot of people that when they, they may want to, they may want to stop or they may want to scale back, but they are so in the hole of the habit that every Friday night or every Thursday night or every Saturday night, that's what they're doing with friends. And I've, I've tried to help so many people, you know, scale it back. And I see what they go through. You could start and fail 
five or six times before you finally make the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to go to this party and I'm going to hang out with you and I'm going to be there with you, but I'm going to have a nice big glass of water, fizzy water, whatever, you know, next to me. And I'm going to sip slowly and I'm going to sit with this one drink for the rest of the night. Um, I hope I can say one drink per week or what's the frequency that you're saying? Well, I mean, hopefully it would be only, you know, once a week, but um, I think what, what the big, um, you know, science is showing is that if you were going to drink and you were going to drink once a day, it would be one for a woman, two for a male, but prefer, preferably, you know, I want to say that if you're drinking, you know, definitely do it social and keep it to, you know, once or twice a week, you know, and, and, and it's unfortunate. You have to kind of step back and ask yourself, do I need help? Do I really need help to scale it back? And, and a lot of people have come to me and I'm like, you don't even eat a lot. This is all your calories are coming from alcohol and the, Nothing, I think, shocks me anymore. But, you know, when I hear the amount of people, uh, you know, drinking so much, I mean, I've had people reveal to me amounts that I'm like, I can't believe your poor liver takes takes that much until one day it can't take it anymore. Some people, it's slower than others um, to to come out and be a problem. Um, sometimes it doesn't even mess up your liver. It just messes up other parts of your body or your relationships or your life, as we all know, or God forbid you get behind a car. I mean, and and that's what I don't understand. Thank God we have, you know, ways of getting to places without having to drive. You know how many lives would be saved if people would think, oh, you know what? I'm actually going to stop drinking right now because I did not uh, think of calling um, you know, a Lyft or an Uber, and now I have my car sitting out there. So I'm going to stop, you know, that so many people would be saved, um, yearly. And I think we're going to run short on time. So I, I could talk to you for hours. This is all (laughs) such good information. So I'm wondering, is there anything else you want to add in for us today? Yes, I think my last two would have to be vitamin D super important works at the hormonal level. Um, we all need it. Uh, we need to have levels that are averaging about 65. That's what, according to, you know, immunity research out there is saying. So about 65. And the other one's sugar. Sugar is inflammatory, oxidative. Um, we have so much of it around us that it's really important to um, scale down on the sugar as well. But just like alcohol, a lot of people are addicted to it. Uh, it's easy to be addicted to sugar because it comes in such disguise adorable delicious ways you know cookies cupcakes you know if you're if you're like me and you love sweets you know that moderation variety and balance um becomes a priority so just scale back on the sugar because it's it's sugar alcohol excess weight not eating enough of the good stuff like a plant-based broccoli blueberries and green tea uh, or exercise that's the one that we didn't talk about, but exercise is a huge, especially if you've had breast cancer already. If you've had breast cancer already, a 30 minute walk will prevent a second diagnosis. That's huge. So I, I think, you know, yes, we want to talk about the things we don't want to have, like sugar, alcohol, or decrease is good enough and weight, but also the things we can put into our diet, like plant-based is looking really good. And it doesn't mean you have to go vegetarian. I, I still eat my chicken 
my fish and um, meat occasionally, but I eat a lot less of it. And my world revolves around the rainbow, as I love to say it. I, I love, love that. Rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> eat the rainbow. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's a great note for us to end on. Eat the rainbow. It's such eat good advice. Um, Sabrina, I know I'm going to be replaying this. This was such good information. And I, I just really appreciate your story of where you came from in terms of really understanding what it was like to be overweight as a kid. You understand the struggle and you have a, a determination and a fire like I've never seen before. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> and your story is really admirable. You're doing such good work. And I'm really looking forward to following um, your latest endeavors and seeing, you know, how much great work you're doing there. So I just want to end on um, where can people find you if they want more information about your work? So um, I, I have my uh, Instagram is Q-U-E, like que flaca, because um, it was the opposite of being fat. You know, when you're Hispanic and growing up, they call you mi gorda. So I, I, when I finally got the words que flaca, I was like, que flaca, are you me? Are you talking to me or is that mi gorda? I, so I went from being mi gorda to mi flaca. So it's que flaca, like Q-U-E-F-L-A-C-A, fuerte, because you got to be strong um, and feliz. And you can always translate. There's a translation button in the bottom. Um, I, I was challenging myself. That's why I came out, you know, into the world of, you know, Hispanic. Uh, I think there's so much information out there in English, but they didn't have enough information in Spanish. So you can just press translate and everything you ever wanted to know about nutrition is there. I'm a passionate writer. Um, I'm now working at at, uh, Santo Remedio, which is um, a super cool company that is determined um, to have good products uh, for um, everyone, wellness products. And we're launching on Monday the Entaya Weight Loss um, campaign. It's completely free. So you can go on, um, join in Entaya. Uh, I think you go on through Sure. Mi Santo Remedio is actually the the um, website, which is um, M-I-S-A-N-T-O uh, Remedio, R-E-M-E-D-I-O. And that stands for um, saintly remedies in Spanish, Mi Santo Remedio. But we're super bilingual. Once you get in there, you'll see that we have English. Um, and then Entaya, which means um, sort of like scale yourself up, um, E-N-T. A-L-L-A, um, that launches, it's our weight loss program. And it's a really cool thing. Um, you're going to be able to pick, uh, first there's a cleanse and then that goes for seven days. And then after that, you get to pick based on a quiz, whether you like to be plant-based or paleo, or you want to do a healthy keto or Mediterranean intermittent fasting, or even low glycemic, you pick based on that questionnaire. And then you stay there as long as you need to lose the weight. And then you go into the maintenance phase, which is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's all based on um, a plate that each one of them was designed with the right amount of macronutrients. So carbohydrates, proteins, fats, all that. So, so yeah, so you, oh, you want to follow me, uh, you'll, yes. you'll be able to know more. <laughs> yes, I will definitely be checking that out. I know lots of people will be interested. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and you, Carol. Your really powerful story and also some really great wisdom on strategies. I always love concrete strategies that we can implement. So thank you so much for sharing that. And good luck with your launch. Thank you, Carol. Thank you so much. And hopefully you can visit us on Saturday.
I won't make it on Saturday because I live in Boston, but I'm going to be watching live on Facebook. Um, I know, I know you have a big event. Your big um, book relaunch is Saturday. Experts in pink. pink, Cindy and I will be there. (laughs) I will be watching live on Facebook. So good luck with that as well. Thank Thank you for all you're doing and sharing that today. My pleasure. Thank you, Carol. Hello, friends. It's Carol Perlman coming on to say hello, and thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes as much as I've enjoyed creating them for you. I wanted to make sure you knew about a special program that is currently being offered on my website. If you go to www.healthythenumber4lifebycarolperlman.com, you'll see more information about my current time management classes. If you follow me on social media, if you listen to my podcast, you know that I believe time management is behind almost every single one of your goals. And the more you can perfect your skills in time management, the more successful you're going to be in reaching your goals. I have created what I believe is a really outstanding class. I've been studying time management for years. I've been perfecting my own system and I've been teaching others for almost 15 years now. I created an online course, a 21-day habit formation course that is now available to you. They, quote unquote, they say it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And I find that that is often time the case. So go look on the website, healthyforlifebycarolperlman.com, and you will see current offerings. I have several different time management classes for specific audiences. But the general one is just the It's About Time, time management class. You'll see all the details there. You'll see the upcoming start date. And there's always the opportunity to buy the workbook and complete the course as a self-paced course and take it at your own speed. It's one exercise a day. All you need to commit is 10, maybe 15 minutes a day. Step by step, you will create new habits that last a lifetime for better time management. Check it out. And I hope to see you in one of the classes. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.